Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a good football show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Denny Carter. We're going to be talking the players most likely to experience the biggest ADP swings as we migrate from best ball season into redraft season. We will also start things off with a little Aaron Rodgers trade talk as we are contractually obligated to do. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. But Denny, first, Mm -hmm. as we know, Memorial Day weekend is the unofficial start of summer. Mm -hmm. With the start of summer comes blazing heat and dunk tank levels of humidity (laughs) in the continental climates that you and I live in, in Maryland and Missouri. Shorts. Some of our listeners may not even be aware that this is a debate, but there are some people mostly concentrated on the coasts where you live, Denny, uh, who think that grown grown men should not wear shorts. Uh, even in the summer. My question to you is, have these people ever ridden in a car with leather seats for longer than five minutes on July 17th in the state of Missouri? (laughs) Denny, what is your opinion on shorts in the summer? Uh, So I desperately want to be someone who never wears shorts. Um, I cannot, though. I I, I can't. (laughs) I I think that there is a middle ground uh, for for those who, who think that shorts look bad on grown men, which they do. They, they do. do. They, they, there's, there's no way around it. They, they 
you know, your ugly hairy legs are poking out from, from the bottom of cargo shorts. You look terrible. But, um, you know, one, one kind of compromise I found is um, a, a little more stylish shorts, a, exactly. a little more fitted, exactly. you know, um, you know, something that you, you would feel comfortable wearing to like a decent restaurant you know, uh, in the middle of the summer when it's 105 degrees. Say so. a restaurant where there's like a $35 entrees like on the beach or something. <laughs> so you kind of, you know, that's, that's right. Yeah, those kind of shorts. Yeah, yeah. And and so they don't have to be big, baggy cargo shorts, you know, like Fred Durst would have worn in 1999. Like we, like, you know, they don't, we don't have to do that anymore, guys, if you're listening. <laughs> and I know you are. Yeah, I've dabbled in no short things. You know, I'm 34 years old now. Like I have three children. I'm like, I should try to look respectable, but <laughs> I've just discovered there's no easier way to become the Joker in the state yeah. of Missouri than to wear shorts. And so yeah. It's just, it's just to, to wear pants. It's just literally not possible. And like, I agree with you. I've, you know, I try to wear more stylish shorts. I've gone to Navy shorts instead of like yes. tan or khaki is another like shorts life hack. But mm-hmm. I, I, as much as I want to be a coastal elite with the shorts, I just can't because like you will die if you wear pants in the yeah. state of Missouri in the summer. Yeah, I you know, I don't I don't know about the Missouri climate, but I know that here in Maryland it gets extremely humid. Extremely. You know, very hot. Um not not so much on this Memorial Day weekend when it feels like January. Yes, it was 50, 55 at my daughter's birthday party on Friday night, so that was great. Right. Everybody came to my yeah, we both had a daughter's birthday party this this weekend, everybody came to my daughter's birthday dressed in their winter gear. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that was something I, I'm not bitter about it at all. <laughs> that not... Memorial Day weekend is. I uh, was kind of bitter. Then I did realize it was probably better than if it were 95 with the humidity. And so I've actually been to the, the Maryland, D.C. region fairly often. And the climate is almost identical to St. Louis. Mm. And Conan O'Brien once joked uh, when he was like giving he was like emceeing some event in St. Louis and he said that we should be renamed humidity town. Um, so it is quite a humid. And I, there was a baseball player poll once of like the hottest and most uh-huh. humid places to play in the summer in St. Louis was number one. Really? So you just can't, I, I, the jeans, I, I want to look nice, but I just, I want to, I also want to live. I want to make it through this summer. There were, there are occasions here, you know, during the summer where I, I have to wear jeans. Like, like there's no, there's no choice. Say if I'm going somewhere halfway and now that we can start going places again, you know, this will be a thing. So, you know, but you have to just sweat it out. Um, and you have to deal with the sweat pouring down your back, uh, onto your legs. This is a lot of information, but it's too much information, but everybody, everybody who's worn jeans in 95 degree weather, walking around in the summertime. They know. They and know it, this is a fact. It's true. And it doesn't even have to be nine. Like I made the mistake. I went to a, a, a graduate school. You want to talk about bougie. I went to someone's grad school graduation party mm. a few weeks ago. It was at a winery. Oh. And uh, it was like only <laughs> 82 degrees. And I wore jeans. And you just talk about a, a catastrophic, catastrophic mistake. And yeah. it will not be repeated. So you, you went to a, a, a wine cave uh, fundraiser. Is that, yeah, yes, exactly. Is that, is that exactly, what I'm hearing? Exactly. Yeah, we won't talk about who I was raising money for. <laughs> um, but I think I think we've shorts as much. Denny and I want to be elites, and we just can't. Uh, you got to wear shorts. Yeah, I'm I'm of the people, so I'm wearing shorts. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. We're gonna start things off. Some Aaron Rodgers news. Uh, the Athletics. Matt Schneidman reports that Packers GM Brian Gutekunst is holding firm that he will not trade 
Aaron Rodgers. Just where are we at? I just the question is very simple. But do we actually believe this? Do we actually believe Aaron Rodgers is the Packers' Week One quarterback? I mean, I guess the, the alternatives aren't really looking that viable at this point. But mm-hmm. you know, what is your gut feel uh, this week after Memorial Day if Aaron Rodgers will actually be playing for the Packers in September? First of all, I had to say the Gutenkunst sounds like um, <laughs> sounds like Dwight Schrute's cousin. No, I mean, he could definitely play that in the office. I don't know if he's from Wisconsin, but that's a very Wisconsin last name. Uh, it has so, to be. Yeah, has to very, be. Very, very strong Wisconsin. Um, yeah. So the, the athletic piece, uh, you know, kind of gives you a lay of the land post June 1st, which is a big date in this whole saga slash drama. Um, and so if, if the Packers wait until June 2nd to make their move, which it doesn't, it doesn't seem like we're going to be, you know, having to deal with that deadline really in the next few days. If, if anything's going to happen, it's going to be well after the start of June. Um, anyway, after June 1st, they don't have to take such a huge cap hit if they get rid of Rogers. Uh, so it, it becomes more viable, a more viable op- option now or in the, in the coming days for the Packers. But it seems like the Packers are not giving an inch and the article does a good job of laying out what the financial ramifications would be for the team and for Rodgers if Rodgers decides to retire rather than return to Green Bay. Yeah, I don't think – I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the Packers quarterback in week one where the Packers have basically gone full like 2011 Mike Brown and the Bengals, like the posture they took to Carson Palmer. where They haven't cracked the door open like even 1%, like no softening – of the tone whatsoever. And, you know, really, I guess, why would they, unless they actually were like worried that Aaron Rodgers is going to retire and whereas they haven't like changed tone at all. Rodgers has kind of changed mm-hmm. the tone. There was a, a little softening in the leaks. Uh, when he went on sports center last week, uh, you know, he kind of gave himself an out where he, he was just blaming the front office. You know, he wasn't blaming any of his teammates or the coaching staff for maybe trying to like you know, kind of repair things there a little bit while also trying to just set up the front office as the bad guy. And like, like, like I like my teammates and coaching staff enough to still play, but like, I'm just so over mm-hmm. this front office. And I just don't think, I mean, I think he's a competitive enough guy too, where there's just no way he's going to retire. Like well, after winning the MVP retiring would be kind of a bold move. Yes. Um, so like, unless both sides, I, I just feel like his only play would be going full Carson Palmer from 2011. And, Whereas like Carson Palmer was doing that for, you know, like a go nowhere, like organization and like famously bad franchise. I mean, Aaron Rodgers would be doing it with the team that just made the NFC championship game two years in a row mm-hmm. where it just, however much per- personal animosity he harbors, it just wouldn't make a ton of sense. And I just can't see it happening at this point. Yeah. I mean, he, he actually has been a little more clear about his grievance and it all lands with the front office. And, and, and I don't know if he's waiting for the Packers to fire the GM or, or what I, I, I do think that that would do the trick, by the way, yeah, if, the would, pack, if the Packers like were completely 100% in on keeping Aaron Rodgers, no matter what they would fire their GM. Um, I, I think they're going to try to work it out so that they can keep the GM and, get Rogers back. I do think that he will start week one for that. And the grievance of the front office, of course, they said he's not allowed to wear any shorts at personal appearances over you know. the summer. And uh, not, I know a lot, most people are not listening to this live. We did have a comment, by the way, that said hashtag normalize shorts. Um, so maybe this is going to become a movement 
Yeah, right, right. I, I think we can as long, you know, but stylish is the key, you know, it's the key. I'm not saying they have to be super short or anything and not everybody wants that anyway, you know, but, um, but they, they, they can be, they can look nice. It's possible. Yeah, and I think navy is the key, but I resisted navy for a long time, but the darker it looks better, folks. Um, so that I think that's another shorts life hack. There you go. We got to get into this ADP talk. Yeah. Uh, ADPs, it is kind of crazy. A lot of times they can look unrecognizable on like August 30th to how they were on yeah. May 30th, which is kind of crazy because really there shouldn't be that much happening between yeah. now and then. I mean, camp is important. The preseason, we actually have a preseason this year. Um, my but like that will there'll be a few people who justifiably experience like big swings in August, but like a lot of it is just gonna be like noise and like kind of like herd mentality, like ADPs is kind of changing for no mm -hmm. reason. But they're gonna change. The first one, Trey Lance is the QB twenty right now by Rotoviz FFPC ADP. Uh Denny, which way do you think this is going between now and August? If there's any indication whatsoever that Trey Lance um, has like a, a real chance to start week one for the Niners, like he has a, a real shot to compete for the starting job, which right now it doesn't seem like that's, you know, in, in, in the works, it seems like Garoppolo is going to start the season. But it, if that um, becomes, you know, a public knowledge in the weeks preceding our, our fantasy drafts in August, I think that we could see Lance, go from QB 20, which is still kind of, it's still kind of high. A little for, high, yeah. For, for a guy who doesn't have a starting job yet. Anyway, it, it will go from that to, you know, QB 10, 12-ish, I think. And I think this is going to be on the rise, too. And, I mean, to me, like, I would actually defend and understand the 49ers not playing Trey Lance right off the bat uh, because his, his only game in the past year was an exhibition against Central Arkansas. I just don't think that can be highlighted enough where he's played mm -hmm. one and he never played an FBS, a division one team, his entire college career. You can yeah. understand if maybe he's just not ready in week one to play NFL football, but we know the pressure is just immense on teams uh, to do yeah. this and that there will be a groundswell during training camp and a very real chance that Trey Lance is, comes the week one starter. And if he does, I mean, we know Trey Lance is a real deal dual threat. Kyle Shanahan already has a season on the resume of what he did with a real deal dual threat as a rookie quarterback, Robert Griffin III in 2012, one of the most legendary fantasy yeah. football seasons of all time. Uh, like the word is out too, the late round QB is dead. All that matters is running. And yet if, if, if like early in August, like even just like even in July, like Kyle Shanahan gives a quote like, well, we'll see. Uh, right. you know, it's probably – I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, crazier things have happened guys. Uh, that kind of quote people, the ADP will be immediately begin to skyrocket. And I could see a Trey Lance. I mean, the draft drafters are so savvy. Now I could see Trey Lance almost becoming like a top 10, top yeah, 12 quarterback. Pick just sure. Cause we know that it doesn't even matter if you're ready or if you're like a good passer, it, he, he is a real deal yeah. dual threat. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll, we'll get into this with, with the next guy we're going to talk about, but, um, you know, quarterbacks going in the top 10 or 12 right now are going to be displaced by these fluctuations in ADP or potential fluctu fluctuations with guys like Lance and, and, and Justin Fields mo moving up. So you are going to see those guys have to uh, necessarily fall down the draft board a little bit um, as these, these rushing options emerge. We have, by my count, we have a, 
uh, upwards of 10 ish possible dual threat starters this year. Um, those 10 guys should be going in the first 12 to 13 quarterbacks off the board um, just because of their, because, because of the rushing potential. It's just, it can't be overstated how important that is. And, 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 and it's changing the way that we approach quarterback, you know, the, the, the position in one quarterback leagues, we thought we had it hacked. We don't, we not, now we have to adjust Do we need the ranks. The rules, like, is there too much, like, is it tilted too much in favor of running quarterbacks at this point? Like should really yeah. like, I mean, it's pretty insane. Like we would even be debating like Trey Lance because this would be putting him ahead of probably guys like Matthew Stafford, sure. Tom Brady, maybe Aaron Rodgers. Like, is the game kind of broken if Trey Lance is like even in that conversation? Maybe if you know, I mean, for 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 those, and I don't really fall in this category, but for those who want fantasy football to reflect reality, football, real football, it, yes, that that would I think be considered broken. The way to solve that is is to play super flex leagues where you know you. You, you force quarterback to matter um, much more than it does in one, in one quarterback leagues. Um, yeah. But there, there's, there's no real reason to be hesitant. I think on, on, you know, fields and lands, if they get the starting jobs, like they're, they're going to rush. If they struggle passing, they'll still, they're still going to deliver you plenty of points. It's a kind of, you really just can't worry about it. You talk about QB displacement, by the way, it's another thing. I'm going off menu again here, Denny, but okay. Joe Burrow could maybe be one of the people who yes. displaced. Is the QB nine? I mean, to me, frankly, that seems totally insane. Like way <laughs> too high. Uh, yeah. Am I, are we in agreement on that? We're like, yeah. why is Joe Burrow the QB nine right now? I, I don't know for sure. <laughs> um, you know, it was a horrific knee injury, a serious one that happened late in the season. And uh, I, I read the, a piece today uh, on, from Sports Illustrated on, um, you know, his recovery, uh, you know, his road back from that injury. It, it's, it's harrowing stuff, you know. Um, I No real way to, like, quantify what, what you're reading there, but it, I think it's an important read for anybody who, who wants to be bullish on him. There, there was one thing, and we may or may not have this in a blurb on the site this morning, um, where Burrow says, I don't know if I can be the rusher I was um, before the, before this injury <laughs> that, you know, that's, that's something, that's something <laughs> because, you know, he, he rushed uh, 37 times in nine starts. Um, I forget the yardage, but it included three touchdowns. That's it, it's not a major part of his production, but it's significant enough so that I think any question about the rushing aspect for Burrow this year and, and he should not be drafted in the top 12 quarterbacks for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a part of his appeal. Okay. So not necessarily because of like the rushing yardage itself, which did help, but also I mean, keeping defenses honest and making things easier for him as a passer. Yeah. And the rehab from the torn ACL gets easier quote unquote every year. But I mean, we know even if he's a hundred percent physically, I mean, trusting that knee when we know this offensive line has been somewhat improved, but it's still probably amongst one of the worst in the league. And mm-hmm. I just even with Jamar Chase, uh, his college BFF joining the receiver. I just I, QB nine strikes me is that he Joe Burrow will be one of the people moving down as the dual threats are moving up. Yes, which brings us to the next dual threat, someone we think could see a big ADP swing between now and redraft season. Justin Fields, uh, currently the QB seventeen. I have kind of mixed opinions on this one, but Denny, where where do you think Justin Fields' ADP is headed? Well, his ADP. Uh, tells us that fantasy managers are not buying 
what Matt Nagy is selling, which is that Andy Dalton is the QB one unquestioned. He's he's the veteran. He's the <laughs> 17 starter. Games. 17 games, no matter what. He, we're, we have to pretend that Justin Fields is not pro ready, that he's yeah. not one of the most pro ready quarterbacks in recent history to enter the league. We have to, we have to have this facade and, 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 and fantasy managers are seeing right through that and saying, no, I don't, I, you're, I'm calling your, I'm calling your bluff. I'm taking fields before a whole host, 10, 12 more, you know, locked in starters, which is, which is incredible. You're not getting, and this is, this is best ball. We should remember that, that best ball teams are being best ball, you know, just has no consequence free drafting. So, you know, best ball, that's just what you do. Like when you don't want to deal, you know, you don't want any consequences of your actions. Oh, it's just a best ball. Got <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You can just scream exposure anytime <laughs> you're, anytime you're questioned. Why did you take this guy here? Exposure dummy. So yeah, uh, I just, I've been creating a new bit on the spot and that is true thing. Best ball, um, which yeah. is extremely fun. Well, uh, <laughs> so, but things, things are going to change. Like if we still are, you know, if Andy Dalton is still going to be the starter in August, People are not going to be taking Justin Fields at QB 17 um, in one quarterback leagues. Now, in two quarterback leagues, they're probably going to be taking him as like QB 12 just for the potential of him emerging as the starter. I gotta be, I feel QB 17 is maybe kind of right for Justin Fields, where he is a dual threat. But like, unlike Trey Lance, he's kind of like a, he, he's kind of like not like a hit you over the head dual threat where he likes to run. He likes to run for big plays, but he does like look to pass first and, He's kind of like a more like pick your spots dual threat. So he again, he's a legit dual threat, but he's kind of like a pick your spots dual threat. And just the weapons are so, I mean, they're okay. I mean, he has an alpha receiver, which I guess is puts him ahead of a lot of other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And Mooney, I like Mooney. Yeah, I love Mooney too. Yeah. Um, but it's it's still not a great I mean, Cole Komet. I guess it's it's a fine <laughs> supporting cast, right. but it's not like a just push play supporting cast. Like, well, this guy I can't fail is like a top twelve quarterback supporting cat where QB 17 actually feels like an appropriate hedge to me on Justin Fields. But I agree with you. Like if we just get one tossed off Matt Nagy comment in July, yeah, it doesn't even have to like allow, it has to be something like, well, you know, we're not even thinking about that, but yeah, I don't know. But and like this leaves some mm-hmm. like tiny little kernel and morsel to cling to the ADP will immediately begin to go up. Sure. Enough about quarterbacks. Julio Jones. This is a crazy one because this uh, is so like dependent on factors that we can't really predict right now. Currently, the wide rece- wide receiver seventeen. Mm-hmm. I think Julio is going to be a riser, uh, even if he lands in a bad spot. What What do you think, Ben? Uh, I I, I, I I don't know. I I give uh, unlike you, I give fantasy managers more credit than that. You know, people are savvy. They're unfortunately people have gotten really They've savvy. Gotten way too savvy. Like bargains, really, honestly, do not like sleepers don't exist anymore. No. Like, trying to, like used to be able to be like, well, like Arian Foster is clearly going to be the starter, but like no one knows that, so you can just like do say things like Arian Foster is a sleeper, that, and right. that, that no longer exists. The, right. The the edge is largely gone um, because of the internet. Thanks, internet, for delivering another good thing. Uh, so who are we talking about? Julio. Julio. Um, Julio so, um, if he goes to New England, which you know the Patriots are still in the mix here, um, I, I think that his ADP will drop um, because everybody knows what the Patriots want to do, which is to establish um, like it's 1981, and um, and you know Julio is just not going to see the the volume. Now, is he going to dominate targets? Probably, 
but you know, a, a 25 or 30% target share on a team that throws the, the, the second fewest passes is not all that great. Ask Marquise Brown, you know, how, how that works out. So I, I think Julio will drop into the twenties wide receiver 20, 25, somewhere in there. If he goes to New England, I think he's just too strong of a name brand for that to happen. Mm. And I think he'll drop from wide receiver 17. If he ends up on the Seahawks, like to me, that really yeah. is like a doomsday scenario. What? Like, no. you have three different receiver, like three elite receivers cannibalizing each other. Like, this isn't like the Peyton Manning Broncos where there's just going to be like 650 passing attempts. I, I think the Seahawks would be the one that would hurt his ADP. I think it would hurt all their ADP. I may, what's the counter argument? I, I, I don't know. I mean, Russell Wilson is the counter argument. Yeah. Uh, and pe- people would get really hyped. Uh, you, there would be arguments that Julio is the number one receiver in Seattle, which is, which would not be the case, but, but uh, yeah, people would say, well, why why is Julio going after Lockett and and, and after Metcalf? He should be going before. He's Julio. So I think I, he'd be going before Lockett, but probably after Metcalf. Um I, I don't know. I think just the the prospect of the of the Russell Wilson deep ball. Um I I don't know. I, I think that the C, the Seahawks scenario I think would send his ADP up. I think it's I don't I think it's a thing where people are so in their heads about the Seahawks running that it would just be viewed as like a doomsday. I, maybe, I guess we have totally different takes. Yeah, I guess so. Very interesting. Yeah. But I think it'd be one of those situations where people were just like crying about like, why does he have to land in the spot with mm. two other top 24 receivers and a run first offense? But I guess it could go, I mean, it would be the best team he could land on. I think it would go up on the Titans. I think it would go up for sure on the 49. I think 49ers, he'd probably get up to like wide receiver eight or nine again. Like the Titans, he would get right on the wide receiver one. Board. I think the Patriots, it would go up, by the way. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, people have – it's yeah. been so long. People have memories of alpha wide receivers, like, doing big things for the Patriots. And, like, there would be the narrative that the Patriots are savvy enough. Even if there's not a ton of targets to go around, they're going to get them to the right spot. And Julio Jones. Um, I, I, I think, the, like, the smart team excitement would be mm-hmm. palpable if you're on the Patriots. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I guess it depends on who's starting. Uh, you know, if, if Cam Newton is starting, they're going to be b- bottom two or three in pass attempts again. And if Mac Jones is starting, maybe they're not bottom three, but they're bottom 10 or 12. Uh, so, but that would be better than, than, than Cam starting for sure. But I think, by the way, like wherever he lands, I do think Julio Jones would, even in Seattle, I think he would should be considered the number one receiver, even in Tennessee. I would think I would still consider him. Maybe not not for fantasy purposes, maybe. Like Julio Jones to me is still one of the premier talents in all of uh, NFL football. Talk to quarterbacks. We've talked to receiver. Uh, we're going to stay in New England. Damian Harris is currently the RB34. This is going to be a guy, you can already tell Damian Harris is going to be one of the most blurbed guys yeah. of the entire summer at NBC Sports Edge. <laughs> people don't know Sonny Michelle's roster status. Well, the Ramondre Stevenson's getting a lot of love, but mm-hmm. Patriots rookie running backs, you want to talk about wild narratives. Oh. Like every year there'll be a lot, like they, they follows a pretty familiar pattern. Like they get like talked up big time this time of year. Then all of a sudden in July, like, well, Ramondre Stevenson's running with the fours for some reason <laughs> in training camp. Yeah. And so that'll be a huge variable for Damian Harris. We have Damian Harris currently the RB 34. What what do you see? What do you see in August for Damian Harris? Yeah, for Stevenson, by the way, I think that the range of outcomes is by the end of August, we're talking about him as the lead back on, <laughs> on, on early downs. 
And then on the on the other range of out, on the other end of the range of outcomes would be he will be deactivated on game. Say, or may, maybe getting released. Uh, I mean, <laughs> probably not. But, <laughs> no, probably not that. It could but, be Ramondre Stevenson healthy scratch talk. That is just how things go at the Patriots. For sure, yes. But, and, uh, and, and I tracked you from Damian Harris. Yeah, and, and Sony Michelle's status uh, very much up in the air. There is a lot of conjecture about him, you know, being released, not making that that um, the, their week one. Lineup, which would which would uh, I think catapult uh, Harris, rightfully or not, into you know from RB thirty four territory to maybe RB twenty territory yeah, somewhere, I think so too. somewhere in there. I, I don't think that there's any scenario in which Harris would climb into like RB fifteen fourteen territory because the uncertainty, some some level of uncertainty will remain um, with Stevenson with Michelle. However, that that shakes out. Uh, Harris was the unquestioned lead back on early downs for a very run heavy Patriots team and the, and their off season maneuvers, all, all 500 of them uh, tell us that, you know, they want to play bully ball um, in, in 2021 that Belichick uh, is seeing a, a, an NFL where defenses are, um, you know, playing, playing the pass more. They're, they're getting personnel, to defend the pass, smaller, more agile. Uh, he's, you know, made his offense such that, uh, you know, they could po- possibly just bulldoze these these shrinking uh, defensive linemen and, and linebackers and sa- safeties and everybody. Um, and Harris would be the direct beneficiary of that. Yeah, and it's hard to say, like, that approach didn't – it's hard to say that approach worked in 2020 since they were such a bad offense, but – it's kind of also hard to say it didn't work because like for as bad as everything else was with the Patriots, it seemed like no matter what, Damian Harris and even Sonny Michelle were like getting over five yards per carry always. Mm-hmm. Like he at least from like he's at least built his roster from the perspective of like we're in there when they're in favorable running situations, like they are gonna be getting like Ravens level of like yes. yards per carry, like five to six yards per clip, just because of how they're designed. And if they can just be like slightly more competitive this year, keep things cleaner on defense, more efficient on offense. Like they're going to be having a Ravens levels of like uh rushing production. And I think even if Sony Michelle doesn't get cut, like Damian Harris will probably creep up to like the RB 28 range, kind of more of like a mid range flex. Whereas if Sony Michelle gets cut, yeah, he'll definitely be in like the RB 20 to 24 range. Yeah. It's something I, I will have my eye on the new England backfield throughout this offseason as a zero RB truther. And see, that was a clip we just replayed you. That was from you originally first said that in 2013 that you were going to have an eye on the Patriots backfield. That's right. This summer. And that's been repeated then every summer <laughs> since then. And will be next summer too with some mm-hmm. new mysterious fourth rounder with an For even sure. cooler name than Ramondre Stevenson. Before we get to our next player, I would like to remind our audience that an NBC Sports Edge premium subscription includes all sports. So you get access to MLB, NBA, NFL, and NHL premium products all under the same umbrella. That includes all of our draft guides, which will include our NFL draft guide next month. For 10% off any subscription, enter the promo code GOOD10. That is GOOD10 for 10% off. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Staying in the backfields. Uh, this is going to be another one. Uh, another one we talk about every year. And another one where it's going to be kind of like vying for the NBC Sports Edge blurb lead, the 49ers yeah. backfield. Yeah. Trey Sermon's the RB29 right now. Raheem Mostert's the RB31. I, I, I mean, I'm so we talk about people being savvy drafters, like there being no edge left. This is one where I feel like there is some overreaction. I'm a little surprised Trey Sermon is going ahead of Raheem Mostert yes. right now. I don't really know how to forecast. Like this one is a true, true wild card. How this one will unfold in the next three months. What is your initial read on what the ADP situation is going to be in the 49ers backfield? Well, I think it, it becomes probably slightly easier with Jeff Wilson's injury um, because that, that was perplexing trying to figure out the, the, the Wilson sermon Mostert split. Um, and, and we could probably have until the end of August to figure that out and still not really have it down. But uh, I I think that Mostert has a way better shot at being the starter. I do too. In week one now, and people would say, "Well, you're not you're not." Um, the counter argument would be, "You're not building your roster just for week one." True. True. Uh, False. But but <laughs> Trey Sermon. <laughs> But Trey, it's not like Trey Sermon's going in the 14th round. He's going before Mostert. Like yes. you so so there's to me, there's very little argument for for, for going in on uh Sermon. Now I have seen in industry mocks and whatnot, I have seen uh wild fluctuations in where Sermon is taken, um, and Mostert, but most but mostly Sermon. So there's not there's not an agreement on on where Sermon should be taken. I think in more casual leagues this summer kind of you know depending on on how things shake out i think sermon actually could go at a shockingly late adp um just because people are not as familiar with him as they are with with moster who has you know has been good for fantasy when he's healthy and that, that's the key obviously the key for him is when he's healthy um but right now i don't, I don't understand the adp yeah i mean maybe you could call this like overly conservative drafting but to me with trey sermon and michael carter on the jets like i just don't understand these current 80 like you can't just ignore. So Trey Sermon was the fourth running back off the board, but I still, you can't just ignore that. He was like a late third round pick. And like, I guess sometimes at running back, you that can almost be like you are being given the starting job, like running back, maybe more than any other position. It's realistic, but I still just, I just don't see the motivation for the 49ers to force this issue when they still have most or when they still have, you know, rookie Eliza Mitchell, who could be a nice, role-playing rookie and uh, who who else do they have jermichael hasty uh they um, have a uh, gallman wayne gallman rb2 yeah, right now uh, according to the beat writers rb2 yeah. what, what's going to happen is everybody's going to cycle through about six niners running backs this uh 
this year just like we did last year. So you have to make bold, tough calls to be a true like fantasy winner, but just taking a the number eight eighty-eight overall pick as a top thirty running back just just strikes me as like an easy path to sadness, basically. Yeah, that's Trey Sermon. That's the name name of your biography. It is, yes. Easy, how how I became the Joker: An Easy Path to Sadness <laughs> by Patrick Darty. Um, so I'm glad it's weird because I, I could see getting made fun of, like the, the like it's just too conservative a take. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see how that's going to work out for you making I, a Trey Sermon a top 30. I don't either. Down. If something happens to Mostert this, this summer, okay, if Mostert gets nicked up with his injury history, we are going to see Sermon's ADP uh, take off. Like, Even more. Yeah, it, like into into RB like 15 territory. I also have a take on the 49ers where we might not really get like any sort of like preseason confirmation from it. After the injury season they had last year, like the 49ers just had one of the most injured seasons in NFL history. I don't even think that's hyperbole. Like one of the worst injury seasons like I have ever seen. And I could see them being extra conservative in the preseason this summer and just not risking injury to like any of their key contributors. Um, yeah. Speaking of preseason, this that changes everything when it comes to fantasy drafts and late late risers and late fallers. You know, we've we last year we did not have a preseason where no. we where we could see and you know we're influenced by what we see way more than than how we analyze things for weeks and months ahead of time right so we see a, a running back rip off a 60 yard touchdown and you are automatically going to see that guy jump up uh in adp and and so that that creates edges i will say and the the, the preseason not that we should ignore what happens. In the, I'm not saying that you should ignore the 60 yard touchdown. I am saying that often it's a misleading thing. The most infamous gif in fantasy football history was the Amir Abdullah oh. touchdown from what, summer 2015, 16, whatever it was. That was maybe, maybe yes. that preseason run might have <laughs> lost more people more money than like any other play in preseason history. The guy went from like a ninth round <laughs> ADP to like a third round with that run. I yeah I've never seen anything like that 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 is an all time it is and I also have to say too like so preseason sometimes we actually get some we get useful useful usage nuggets out of preseason games but yeah fewer teams were doing that even before the pandemic like we weren't getting like true dress rehearsals from a lot of teams in the third preseason game and now we just don't know how teams are going to treat the preseason because we didn't have the preseason last year it's now only three games like, is the third game still going to be, like, the dress rehearsal? Is it going to be the second game? Like, the, all the patterns of the preseason have basically been obliterated and reset mm-hmm. over the past year. So that's going to be another thing to keep in mind this summer is we just – we don't – the patterns of information coming out of the preseason are going to be a lot different than what we're used to. For sure. Going back to quarterback, someone else who this going to be – he's going to be a blurb leader contender this summer, Jameis Winston, the QB 29 – I mean, Denny, I don't know. Is this one you see going up or is this one you see going down? I didn't know well, when you texted me, when you leaked yeah. me this name. <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, yeah, we uh, collude on the podcast. Where it goes live. Spoiler, folks. We take notes do. and we talk about the names. But which way do you see Jameis going? Well, you mean if he gets the starting job? I mean, he's it's, it's up. <laughs> he's going up. Uh, I, yeah. I have a take on this. You, you go first. Yeah, though. people really, really want Jameis Winston to be a thing. Um, I and- would say some people... Only you and Sean Payton really, really want Taysom Hill to be a thing. But continue. I, I do. Yeah. Well, you know that 
Taysom Hill, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, these are our last shots to, to get that rushing production from our quarterback at a somewhat reduced price. I, th- I think Taysom Hill's ADP would skyrocket far higher than Jameis Winston. He gets the starting nod for week one. I don't think that'll happen. I think every all signs point to Jameis Winston, uh, you know, getting getting that gig. Uh, but I don't I, I don't see him going, you know, stratospheric. I, I think he'll go from QB 29 right now to like uh, QB 18, 17, something like that. I think even if Jameis is named the official starter, we might not see as much of an ADP inflation as you think, because I think there's going to be fear justifiably. So that even if he's the real starter that we're going to get, like I, 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 my take on the saints, I think we're getting like a true college quarterback Mm. approach where it's going to be like Jameis between the twenties, but then like an ever even more expanded red zone role for Taysom Hill. It's something that just totally cannibalizes Jameis Winston's fantasy production He's an aggressive, kind of a deep ball thrower, not kind of, he's an aggressive downfield passer. So that could help like keep Taysom at bay a little bit. But I think even if Jameis gets this job, I could see fear keeping his ADP like beyond QB 20. And I, I could just see it being justified. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Sean Payton is kind of all in on this hybrid approach. And like, it's cause like, let's just be real. I mean, there's no way. There's no way Taysom Hill's role, even if Jameis is started, there's no way Taysom Hill's role is going to be smaller than it was when Drew Brees was the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And like even that was getting to the point where it was affecting Drew Brees' fantasy production. Like there's there's just no way that role gets smaller. And I, I think that there could be a lot of like uh, wild, f- justified fears uh, with James. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people see the downfield quarterback and the Sean Payton offense and they just pretend. Taysom Hill doesn't exist, but I could see fear keeping yeah. Jameis Winston's ADP in check. I yeah, I I think uh, if 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 Taysom even comes close to being that like bulldozer type guy that they used with with Drew Brees in the last few years, I, I think uh, that could make Jameis Winston not fantasy viable in in like your standard twelve team league. Yeah, uh, pour one out for Jameis because this is never going to happen with Jameis, folks. Let's just be real. Stop trying to make it happen. Uh, Michael Pittman. I threw this one on here. Now I don't really know how I feel about this. I don't have anything great to say, but Michael Pittman, though, is currently the wide receiver 44. Uh, that strikes me as extremely low. Uh, do you think – so I'll give my take after you, but do you think Michael Pittman will kind of remain in, like, wide receiver four, no man's land, which is where he currently is, is wide receiver 44? Or do you think Michael Pittman will be a riser in the summer? Uh, for a while there, it looked like he was emerging as the team's number one guy. Um, last year, I, he he got dinged up a little bit. T.Y. Hilton seemed to heal up, seemed to get healthier as the season went on, and, and eventually started posting started posting decent fantasy numbers. T.Y. Hilton, of course, you know, is back in in, in Indianapolis. Uh, Paris uh, Paris Campbell, I almost said Paris Hilton. Uh, <laughs> which is a combination of the two. Uh, Zoomers, you know, Google who uh, Paris Hilton is. Yeah, please, no please idea. do. Please do. Uh, uh, yeah, so Paris Campbell coming back, I think could be an issue for Pittman. I I could see him, you know, bumping up a little bit, but I, I think that, that, you know, as long as we're not sure if he's like the wide receiver two or three on his own team, I think he'll stay pretty much, in that area i think we are sure that he's the wide receiver one on his team is my opinion i think as this dawns on people the adp will go up i kind of can't believe how disciplined people are staying this one because 
he was someone that people were very excited about in 2020 and I think showed just enough to kind of justify it. And the injuries kind of just screwed everything up for him. But, you know, the Colts like made T.Y. Hilton sweat it out, like if they're even going to re-sign him. Paris Campbell's reached a stage where like kind of like any contribution is a bonus. Um, tight end like is not an imposing group for the Colts. Like I think as we get into the summer, there's going to be the narrative like we're actually Michael Pittman was pretty good as a rookie. Uh, he's still the Michael Pittman we liked last year. He's the number one receiver. I think that he's going to rise more into wide receiver three, like low end wide receiver three territory. Then again, this wide receiver four, no man's mm-hmm. land. He's in because to me, he is the number. So I, I'm trying to begin this ADP movement right now because <laughs> uh, he is the wide receiver one in Indianapolis. You, well, know, you need to get on the train. Folks. If you really liked him, then you would be talking him down. That's what we do. I, I keep seeing Gus Edwards uh, ADP bump up and I'm like, shut your mouth, Danny. Stop talking about Gus Edwards. <laughs> exactly. But people, uh, they don't want to believe in Gus Edwards. So it doesn't matter what you could, yes. you could like have it leaked to you by the government that the entire NFL <laughs> is rigged and that Gus Edwards is going to have a 2000 yard season. You could have like incontrovertible proof of that. And people, his ADP would still not go up. Yeah. People, people would be would like, but what about JK Dobbins? Yeah. It's rigged folks. Not a joke. Literally, that's right. That proof. Uh, yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift, RB15 right now, seemingly very high. Uh, is the ADP going to crash for DeAndre Swift? Is the fear going to set in? With the Jamal Williams talk, the Todd Gurley rumors, it's still those rumors with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is not signed with the Detroit Lions. But even if, the fact that they're even working out Gurley at all suggests it's going to be someone else added at some point. And should, should we have a run on the DeAndre Swift bank, Denny? <laughs> yes, you should immediately line up at your local bank and ask for <laughs> all your uh, Swift shares back. Uh, I think that he has enough truthers uh, in the world that he his ADP could remain a little more stable than, than we think. Um, for me, I, I'm not taking him really anywhere close to where he's going. Um, I don't think that he should be a dead zone RB dead zone running back, um, which is, you know, something we talked about with John Daigle last week, uh, which the dead zone is roughly from round three to round six. If he falls, you know, into the middle of, of the dead zone, I, I would have a hard time, you know, pa- passing up, passing, uh, passing him up. I, and I will say on the other end of this, if, if Jamal Williams continues to rise, I will start to have kind of second thoughts about, on taking him, but he's still he's still very uh, you know cheap, twelfth, thirteenth round in in most drafts, and I'm I'm very much into him right now. Denny currently the only person in America overweight on Jamal Williams shares. I told um, you this back in February. So I, have, I, I I wanted him to go somewhere where he'd have a he'd have a shot. As I say, you were overweight even before he signed with yeah. the Lions. Uh, which Denny is like, uh, this is what he doesn't want people to. He always begs us not to like puncture this part of his brand but he actually loves running backs and like he's a running back grinder like studies the film and jamal <laughs> williams he's just all over i'm fascinated i'm fascinated by running backs who are clearly good who don't get a, a proper chance according to me Cle- jamal williams is clearly solid i'm not sure if he's clearly good like he's solid at everything he's like the ultimate He's like the ultimate backup. And I actually don't mean that in a pejorative sense. Like, oh yeah. It doesn't sound like it at all. <laughs> he's like the ultimate back. We're like, you really do not want him to be your starter. Like if the starter gets hurt, like he, you do not have to worry about Jamal Williams, like holding down the fort. I'm, a few games. I'm getting upset. 
We had another name. I'm just gonna throw it out. We've we've talked enough, so the people have to guess. Tweet at Denny and I what the final name is gonna be. Um, just gonna cut the podcast. We're at a good ending point here. I think uh, so. We both have articles coming up this week. I actually I have the the coach rankings coming out this week, uh, which I worked on far too long, as I do every single year. But I have my annual NFL coach rankings coming out this week. Denny, what are we getting from you this week? Um, it's good we we talk about this on the show. Uh, I so I, I'm actually going to write a little bit about the RB dead zone because if you are truly committed to not making the presumed mistake of drafting a running back in that dead zone, then you got to do something with those picks. So what are you doing? And it could change the way that you draft quarterback. It could be it could change the way you draft tight end, uh, and of course receivers is the is the more natural alternative. Uh, in in that range, but I, I I really think if you stick with that strategy this year, uh, there's a lot of interesting team building uh, to be done. I think I just love another fantasy rules change. By the way, where like rounds five to ten should just be auto pick, no matter what. <laughs> like you get to pick one through four, and then anything after ten. But just like don't even just remove the middle rounds completely. Don't participate in the middle rounds. Part of the part of the robust RB strategy is to take four running backs and then log off your draft. It is so yeah, log weird. off, um, come back and see that you have I don't know like uh, Gabriel <laughs> Davis and Darnell Mooney. Like, all right, whatever, that's fine. That's fine, um, whatever. But, yeah. but it's 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 never it would never be that it would just be a bunch of running backs that you absolutely despise. <laughs> right. Those are always people who get uh, auto drafted in rounds five to ten. Anyways, that does it for today's show. I am Patrick Darty. It's Denny Carter. We will be back on Thursday with Mr. Matt Straub and Mr. John Daigle. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.